How do you measure your goodness? How do you know that you're good? How do you know when you've missed the mark? And the biggest problem for me in having be a good person as some sort of life goal is that it's so sufficiently broad and vague as to not actually be attainable in any meaningful way. From Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the More Human Podcast. I won't lie, I feel really bricked this week. I feel absolutely beat. (laughs) I just woke up from a three-hour nap, and I don't remember which day it was. Um, Unfortunately, I do remember it's still 2020 that um, the nap wasn't that powerful. But maybe next time. I'm going to keep hoping for that. So great to be back in the studio for another week. And this week, we're talking about the binary. And odds are you probably don't actually know what I mean by that yet, but you'll see. Huge shout out to Emily, this week's More Human Podcast listener of the week. Emily left a review over on Apple Podcasts that is really thoughtful. Elgin in the More Human Podcast is able to describe abstract concepts with concrete examples in day-to-day life that makes these concepts understandable and allows one to apply them to their life. As someone who tends toward a technical mindset, He's able to emphasize the importance of emotions, even for those who have never seen their value before. It's kind of a longer review. The other thing I wanted to note from this review that I thought was really nice and good to hear was that Emily says, Elgin is able to talk about difficult topics without triggering those with current emotional issues and PTSD. And that really means a lot. You know, the goal of this podcast is to make people think, to, you know, expand, expand our minds, explore you know, the depths of the human experience, the things that we don't always think about in our day-to-day lives, and to, you know, provoke some of those conversations, but also at the same time without triggering, you know, any defensiveness or past traumas or things like that. I know I usually try to connect things back to myself and my own life and things that I've experienced that have led me to understand these new things. And so, yeah, I thought that was super cool, and thank you, Emily, for sharing that and for being this week's More Human Podcast Listener of the Week. If you want to support the podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts or whichever podcasting platform you listen on and just leave a written review for me. That would be amazing. But if you don't, I understand and I love you anyway. All right, so let's get started on the binary. What does it mean to be a good person. Like, really, what does that idea even mean conceptually? When we talk about who we are, our goals, aspirations, desires, dreams, do you aspire to be an impactful artist, a reliable and trustworthy friend, a strong and nurturing parent, or do you aspire to be good? In the English-speaking world, and in American culture specifically, We tend to be very lazy in our thinking and in our communication. We use the word good to describe so many different things, but in describing people, experiences, and really anything else, good is not good enough. I think I talked in a previous episode about using stronger emotional descriptors to better express ourselves. Do you feel good? Or do you feel strong, confident, and secure? Do you feel good? Or do you feel happy and loved? The logic, of course, carries to the inverse. Do you feel bad, or do you feel distraught, 
disappointed, defeated? Do you feel bad? Or do you feel betrayed, mistreated, or neglected? Good and bad are not emotions. But besides that, I spoke about this idea more generally in an early episode of More Human, when I noted that the language we use and the phrases we use to express ourselves shape the way we experience and navigate through the world. I first learned about this concept in a TED Talk, which I think used cultural language comparisons such as Greek and English. For example, as I mentioned in a previous episode, in Greek, there are several words for a one English word, love, and each has a different context, which shapes how people grow up and mature thinking about love and relationships in, in Greek cultures. There are also languages that don't have any concept of time, and people in those cultures might not have the same orientation towards productivity and efficiency that Americans have, for example. So how does this apply to us and our mental and emotional health and things like that? Well, the words we use to express our thoughts and feelings have the power to limit or expand our sense of self. If I ask 20 people what it means to feel good, I'd likely get 20 wildly different answers beyond what you'd expect from 20, you know, human individuals. Heck, when I Google it, I get like 20 variations there alone. You'll see me use air quotes around good and bad, or since it's a podcast, you'll hear me just emphasize the air quotes while I make air quotes in a closet by myself. It's hot in here. Um, you'll see me do this a lot because the meanings of these terms are so loose and open to interpretation that my definition of good would almost certainly not match yours. And whatever it is that I truly try to express with this word would be too vague to really convey any meaningful sentiment. The same actually goes for the term better and worse. What does it mean for me to be better than you? What does it mean for me to be worse than you? That, what is the metric? What is the standard of comparison? How do we even get on the same page to know what it is we're comparing? And also, don't compare yourself to other people. But anyway, this doesn't mean that you need to use bigger words necessarily, but rather use more specific, more precise words. So again, I'll ask you, what does it mean to be a good person? In my opinion, it means nothing. There's no real consensus. And the biggest problem for me in having be a good person as some sort of life goal is that it's so sufficiently broad and vague as to not actually be attainable in any meaningful way. How do you measure your goodness? How do you know that you're good? How do you know when you've missed the mark? My favorite example of this is a show, The Good Place, on Netflix. Now, I'm about to spoil the heck out of this show if you haven't seen it already, so skip to the time code in the description if you don't want the show spoiled. Otherwise, I warned you. Mm-hmm. So in The Good Place, the premise is that to get into the better, better, eternal plane of existence, as in, more specifically, the one that is comfortable and peaceful and not full of torture, see there it's more specific, and we can get on the same page, one has to do whatever number of quote-unquote good deeds, each being worth varying amounts of points, to achieve a high enough score to pass. Nobody on earth knows that there are points being gained, though, so the metric is being used as some sort of blind gauge of morality and or altruism. By the end of the, I think, third season, the main characters have realized that these points have become meaningless because every quote-unquote good deed has become so convoluted with unintended consequences and side effects. 
whatever the individual's intention was, was not the only deciding factor in the number of points they gained. For example, choosing to buy eco-friendly deodorant, right? They might get a few points for having the intent of buying something eco-friendly and wanting to help the planet. But what they might not realize is that the people making this eco-friendly deodorant are working for, you know, sub-minimum wage, like, pennies in some foreign country, and they have no clue. And so now they're supporting, you know, a business that employs people in such a way, but they have no idea, so it's an unintended consequence. And in the show, they describe this as, like, losing you a bunch of points, but you have no idea, and it's just so complicated, all the things that happen as a result of your one seemingly, you know, altruistic action that it's hard to measure. But anyway, they showed us in a way, which I thought was actually really brilliant and not at all corny, that living in this binary, and of course, other binaries as well, is incredibly reductive of the human experience, and that we are far too complex and nuanced, much like the world we live in, to be able to accurately describe every person, place, feeling, sensation, experience, or anything else by using this good-bad binary. And like I said, this applies to other binaries where we try to fit people into a box. Democrat or Republican. Male, female. Good, bad. Happy, sad. Things like that, you know? And like I said, you'll never be a good person. But you may very well be a compassionate, intelligent, caring, and empathetic person, though. Good means nothing. Bad means nothing. Not only are these labels mostly meaningless and vague, but they also, like I said, they box us in. Labels even beyond the binary are not fluid enough to capture human complexities. I'd rather describe myself by what I do and what I think and believe rather than what society would, you know, label me to say that I am when it comes to character and personality and things like that and feelings, right? Like I talked about in one episode how I don't say that I am happy or I am sad or I am upset. I say that I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel upset, because those emotions are not my personality, those emotions are not my character, they don't describe me as a person, they're experiences that I have. So for example, I'd sooner say, I'm someone who loves people, rather than, I am empathetic. Labels, like good, bad, and even empathetic, and all the rest, put a lot of weight on the listener in terms of understanding and interpretation. Unless you and I grew up learning the same exact definition of these labels, the odds are that when I say that I am something and you think that word means something slightly different than, or not slightly different from what I am intending for it to be, there's going to be a miscommunication. And either you'll have to ask a clarifying question like, what does that mean? Or what did you mean by that? Or you might just assume, you know, like in your experience on earth, that's never been a gray area. So now you just like, you know, assume based on your prior knowledge, oh, I know what this word means. And so if you say that you're this thing, all of these things must be true about you. And I can go ahead and safely assume that. And that's where we get into a lot of trouble. We don't always have the same mutual understanding of even well-defined and precise words. But that goes beyond this idea of the binary. So what's the point of all this ideation? Well, as humans, like I said, we're far too beautiful and nuanced and complex to limit ourselves to a conception of either being good or bad, whatever those actually mean. Our feelings are more than good or bad. 
Our experiences are more than good or bad. Our ideas are more than good or bad. We as humans are more than good or bad. We are individuals who do things, who feel things, who think things, who believe things. We're more than a binary, more than a label. We are who we are. No more, no less. All right, thanks so much for listening. That's it for episode 14, The Binary. For those of you who hang out on Twitch, I'm actually starting up my first Twitch channel and diving into the world of live streaming very soon. So be sure to keep up with the podcast over on Instagram and Facebook to get more details on that. And that's it. From Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.